Hi, I'm Connie Wilkes. I'm Marlene Nelson. I'm Jerry Gropp. And I'm Sherry Spute. And our last names make up the acronym WINGS. We're just four ordinary moms with extraordinary bonds. The Lord gathers us all under His wings as a hen gathers her chicks. And we hope to offer a place to gather for all our friends, family, and all who wish to join us. So welcome to our podcast conversation, Under His Wings. Welcome back, everyone. As a people, or at least those of our faith, we talk and sing constantly about who we are. Three-year-olds know the words to, I'm a child of God. The proclamation on the family declares that we each have a divine destiny. This second young women's value is divine nature. And the very first words in the Relief Society Declaration are, we are beloved spirit daughters of God and our lives have meaning, purpose, and direction. And yet, I wonder, with all our talking, do we really believe? Do we really understand? Has, Has this transcendent doctrine about who we are, meaning who we have always been, and therefore who we may become, really permeated our hearts. Our spirits long for us to remember the truth about who we are, because the way we see ourselves, our sense of identity, affects everything we do. It affects the way we behave, the way we respond to uncertainty, the way we see others, the way we feel about ourselves, the way we serve, and the way we make choices and decisions in our life. It affects the very way we live our lives. So today, we would like to invite you to ponder in a new way, not just who you are, but who you have always been. I love that. And I think that to be able to do that, it's important that we first look heavenward. In her talk, Eyes to See, Sister Michelle D. Craig said, Perhaps the most important things for us to see clearly are who God is and who we really are, sons and daughters of heavenly parents with a divine nature and eternal destiny. So let's talk for a few minutes about, first of all, who God is. Yes, this is so vital to to know about him so we can trust him. And this looking heavenward is a perspective that I think is key. Um, I like the concept of first looking vertical or looking up to God and learning of the character of God, the grandeur of God, Uh, trust that he will show us who we really are, which builds this vertical connection from God to us, you know, building a relationship with him starts by knowing who he is just like a trusted friend, someone whose opinion is um, so respected and invested in us that we'd never hesitate to believe their love and their vision of who we are. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, what what a life-changing connection, knowing God. Wow. Mm -hmm. Just really sitting with this concept has completely transformed me lately. I've been um, feeling this urgency to love others more, you know, and this is sometimes challenging Uh, when we're facing a world of division and, you know, isolation. (laughs) Um, But as we talk today, um, you know, I hope we hope uh, to strengthen our vertical connection with God, which leads us to a confidence in who we are. And this can lead us naturally to a horizontal perspective, you know, how we view others. 
and um, learn how God views others. This vertical to horizontal perspective is a, is a great analogy, I think. I, I, love that. I love that. You know, Jerry, you and I were talking um, about a quote from Joseph Smith. He said, quote, it is the principle of the gospel to know for certainty the character of God. He continues, I, I want you all to know God and to be familiar with him. You know, Jerry, I'd love for you to share some of the scripture words that just give us a starting glimpse of the character of God. I know when you first shared some of these with me, they were, there were some specific ones, some of those characters, characteristics that reached into my heart and touched it. And it kind of awakened a desire to know that side of God, you know? So there's a myriad of scriptures that tell us the character of God. Exodus tells us that God is merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. Is that not beautiful? Mm -hmm. Beautiful to think of God that way. And Psalms adds, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. My favorite, though, is James 1.17, where it says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of Lights. I have always loved that description, the Father of Lights, because I love light. I, I love a lighthouse. I love stars and sunrises and sunsets. I love the concept of light coming from our Savior. Our Heavenly Father is the Father of Lights, and we associate light with knowledge and truth. So as we come to know Him, then it stands to reason that we come to know truth. And as we come to know truth, we can come to know who we are. I love that, Jerry. You know, it's so tender and heartwarming to think of fa a father of light. Um, it was a profound awakening when I read in Moses 7 in the Pearl of Great Price about Enoch's walking with God and how Enoch was so impacted when he saw God cry over the world. You know, all of a sudden, I too had a vision of this compassionate God. I, I personally struggled to develop a vision of God. I must admit that. Um, maybe some of us might struggle developing a deeper, you know, um, trusting connection with God, and that's okay. You're not alone in this struggle. Um, when I found this quote, it resonated with me and validated my own feelings. It was from William Paul Young. He said, for some of us, our first experience of God is going to happen in any kind of masculine sense, you know, through our relationship with our dads or some male figure. And if that's violated or that person has no real clue of who they are either, we still adapt to the presentation of God through that person. He said, it took all of 50 years to erase the face of my father off the face of God. Mm. You know, I'm 55. And if you know my story, you can probably assume this is why I related to his quote. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then also Elder Holland has said, we do know that a young person's developing concept of God centers on characteristics observed in that child's earthly parents. So if a true understanding of the character of God may not come easily to you, keep trying, because yeah. I'm still working on this. Yeah, keep trying. And I think that's great. I, I think it's important to to recognize it and to be willing to keep working on it. And to have, I think the most important thing is to have that desire, right? To tr truly know Him, yeah. Because I believe He's very willing to reveal Himself to us in our lives. 
So what I'm understanding is that for those of us that have had a loving, dependable, available, trustworthy, earthly father, it is easier for us to see our Heavenly Father through those same lenses. But for those that have not had that experience, they need to work to reframe their concept of God and who He really is. Right. And I think a key to that is to keep striving daily. I I have a friend who's an artist, and her name is Jenity Page Eggleston, and she has this painting that I just saw the other day, and it's so beautiful, and it's this woman in a pool of water with her hands reaching into the water to, um, like, drink the water, and it's called Daily Drink, and it just touched my heart so much because really we come to know somebody by spending time with them. And that daily drink is so important to spend time with God every day by reading his words, by praying, by listening, you know, all of it. It is, it's also through prayer that we can begin to ask those important questions about who we really are and who God wants us to become. I love how Jeffrey R. Holland put it in his talk called The True Nature of God. He said, God, in his ultimate effort to have us know him, sent to earth his only begotten and perfect son. I, I love the thought of that. Christ came to earth to teach, to love, to serve, and to do the will of his father. And he said many times, <clears throat> excuse me, in his ministry, that to know him was to know his father who sent him. And as we see this relationship, we can come to understand our own relationship to both our heavenly father and our savior. God loved us, so he sent his son. And why would he do that if I wasn't important to him? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Um, President Lorenzo Snow said, Jesus was a God before he came into the world, and yet his knowledge was taken from him. He did not know his former greatness, neither do we know what greatness we had attained to before we came here. But President Snow also taught that during the Savior's life it was revealed unto him who he was, and for that purpose, excuse me, and for what purpose he was in the world. The glory and power he possessed before he came into the world was made known unto him. Friends, just as the Savior came to remember and to know exactly who he was, so may we. There is nothing more vital to our success and our happiness here than learning to hear the voice of the Spirit. It is the Spirit who reveals to us our identity, which isn't just who we are, but who we have always been, and that when we know our lives take on a sense of purpose so stunning that we can never be the same again. These thoughts came from Sherry Dew's talk, Knowing Who You Are, Her her ideas fit so well with Sister Craig's message from conference that Jerry mentioned above. You know, Sister Craig also mentions that we all need a clear vision of who we truly are. And I believe this is important so that we won't allow Satan to keep us from our divine missions by having us question our capabilities. Yeah. Gosh, I know I've been feeling extra struggles lately with Satan's lies. I keep hearing in my head, you know, nothing you can do will make a difference. You know, things are just too messed up and you're just one person. Um, you're not articulating, 
articulate. See? Articulate. I'm not articulate enough um, to, to be heard or to make something make sense. Obviously, that's something that, especially with this podcast, I have a lot of issues with. Um, you know, just the other day I was with my niece and she was expressing that she's feeling like such a failure as a mom. And so I was able to talk with her a little bit how, you know, the fact that I've also been hearing so many more whisperings from Satan and that I'm having to fight that. And so we kind of talked about, um, the fact that, you know, we know we've got to remember these, these whisperings that we're hearing that we're a failure, that we don't, you know, have all these, um, gifts. They're not from heavenly father. Nope. And I know we've heard that before, but we've got to right now, I think, mm-hmm. remind ourselves every single time and check it and say, that was not Heavenly Father that just told me that. Right. Right. You know, because we're not failures. He's got our back. Mm-hmm. You know, God God loves us and he never wants us to feel that. No, mm-hmm. he doesn't. He doesn't. And I love that you said that he's got our backs because he has, he's got a plan, right? right. And last, last night I was reading in the Book of Mormon in Ether, and just this really stood out to me in Ether 2.25. It says that the Lord is talking about, well, it doesn't say this, (laughs) but the Lord was talking about how he prepared the family of Jared to cross the ocean in the ships that he had them build. But this scripture speaks to me as the Lord said, quote, I prepare you against these things, for ye cannot cross this great deep, meaning the ocean that he was, they were going to be crossing, save I prepare you against the waves of the sea and the winds which have gone forth and the floods which shall come. So in Sister Craig's talk, she said, there may be times when you find yourself struggling to see how God is working in your life, times when you feel under siege when the trials of mortality bring you to your knees, wait and trust in God and in his timing because you can trust his heart with all of yours. I love that. So sweet. And, and so last night I was just thinking about how much I love that the Lord, he's already prepared me for the storms and floods and sieges that are coming. He has given me air and given me safety. Um, when I do feel under siege and he is the light that lets me see in that darkness. He knows me and he's prepared me for these things and he's prepared each of us. And, um, he knows what each of us individually needs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's just so important that we learn to trust God and the work that he is doing in our lives, especially through those difficulties when our, you know, life barges, so to speak, are being mm-hmm. driven to the promised land through the wind and the waves of life's many storms. Recently, I saw a Facebook post about um, Joseph in Egypt that said, I would have pulled Joseph out, out of that pit, yeah. out of that prison, out of that pain, but then I would have cheated nations out of the one, the one God would use to deliver them from famine. You know, I'm sure there were times that Joseph struggled to see how God was working in his life and wondered, you know, what good is going to come from all this abuse and suffering? But of course, now as we look back and we read scriptures, we can sure see it. So I would ask, are are we trusting that God is working in our life as well through even the most difficult of times? Wow, that's some... 
That's some good introspection because I, you know, I was on my knees the other night crying to the Lord <laughs> for my kids, um, which I do every day. And I was asking him at that time for specific things for each one of them, you know, asking him to help them, asking to send a baby for Mackenzie and for another child to overcome a problem. I want to take them out of the pit. Yeah. Really, I do. But as I was kneeling there, the Lord was softening my heart and helping me to see that maybe the pit is where they need to be right now. And that's going to lead them to something greater. And that's when we just have to put our faith in his timing, in his plan, and pray for his will to be done. And I'm learning to pray to know what my role is right now in all of that. Mm -hmm. I love that, Jerry. I I remember feeling that when Cody was struggling with his anxiety that, oh, man, what I wouldn't have done to try to take that right from him. But wow, the strength and you know, fortitude I, that I can see in yeah, his yeah. life right now because yeah. of what he's been through. Yeah. I wouldn't want to take that from him, right? Right. Yeah. right. Sister Craig goes on to say, ask God to reveal these truths to you, along with how he feels about you. The more you understand your true identity and purpose, soul deep, the more it will un- influence everything in your life. Ah, soul deep. I think we need to stop right there for a sec. You know, the more you understand your true identity and purpose, soul Soul deep. deep. Yeah. For some reason that just hit me powerfully. Um, That seems so much more than I have grasped. I mean, maybe that's why I I sometimes struggle with my identity and purpose. I'm I'm not catching that soul deepness, you know, of it. So how, how do you guys see this description? Um, Can you say you've reached that soul deep understanding? You know, gratefully, I believe that I have. I had an experience as a teenager, and it's not something that I've ever actually talked with anyone about, but feel that it's appropriate to share here. When I was 16, I was given my patriarchal blessing. And in it, it mentions that in the preexistence, I was one of the noble and great ones, and that I had been held in reserve to come forth at this time when the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ was here upon the earth, because the Lord had a great work for me to do. And I remember when he said those words, it sank so deep into my heart and soul with such power through the Spirit that I've never again questioned my worth in the sight of Heavenly Father's eyes. Um, I, I know I am valuable to him, and I know he has a work for me to do. Now, I don't, I don't believe for one minute that I am greater or more noble than any of the rest of you. And I too fight the adversary on a daily basis when he tries to get inside my head and tries to make me feel less than. But I know that my heart and soul was changed that day when I felt the truth of what the patriarch said to me. I read something this week in Sherry Dew's talk that resonated with me, and I'd like to share it here And I hope the Spirit can touch your heart as it did mine so many years ago. Noble and great, courageous and determined, faithful and fearless, that is who you are. And that is who you have always been. Understanding that truth can change your life because this knowledge carries a confidence that cannot be duplicated any other way. 
I doubt many of us here feel noble or great. But then neither did Enoch, who was stunned when the Lord called him into service. He said, Why is it that I have found favor in thy sight, and am but a lad, and all the people hate me, for I am slow of speech? The Lord responded to Enoch by promising to walk with him and give power to his words. This encounter with the Lord gave Enoch a new vision of himself, and the result was magnificent. For so powerful was his word that his people were taken into heaven. But that happened after Enoch understood who he was and that he had a mission to perform. Wow. You know, actually, I think most of the noble and great ones that we read about even in the scriptures didn't see themselves that way. Moses wondered why the Lord would call him to lead people when he was slow of speech. And yet we know what Moses did. And Gideon asked the Lord what good he could do because his family was poor and he was the least in his father's house. Samuel worried that he was just a lad and Enoch felt like he was hated. But God worked wonders in all of them. And I can't help but that what, right when you were saying that, Sherry, that, that this encounter with the Lord, I think we each need encounters with the Lord to teach us, right? Do. Um, because he'll, he'll do the same for all of us as, um, and, and teach us who we are as we have encounters with him. And as mentioned before, Enoch and his entire house was taken up to heaven. Mm-hmm. And that's our hope, isn't it? That yeah. we'll be taken up into heaven to return to our heavenly father, like the people of Enoch. And of course we have that deep desire to return to him with all of our family members, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we believe that in spite of our imperfections, like Enoch, the Lord can use us and give power to our words? So I ask another question to you, my friends. How has this knowledge of who you truly are, or perhaps the lack of knowledge, influenced your life? Well, I was thinking about when I was 18 and received my own patriarchal blessing. You know, I was a young kid. I was just coming to know my Savior, just barely, just coming to trust that my Heavenly Father would really be even interested in me or that He had a plan for me. I still just didn't understand all of that. But my blessing said that I was to be a missionary every day of my life. Well, I remember when He said that. It said it several times, and that was so powerful to me. It was like Heavenly Father was really expecting something of me all of a sudden. And he knew me. He knew my name. And suddenly that changed the course of my life. I had never before that time thought of ever going on a mission. Um, But I saw that as a training for the rest of my life. So at 18, I decided that when I turned 21, I was going to go on a mission. And since then, I've tried to share the message of my Savior with anybody that'll listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You're so good at that. You've also asked those who might not have that as much. Well, I probably fit a lot of times in my life, especially lately, in that category. Um, and I'm working through that, and it's been a, a process. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know also that when we have a connection, like I had an experience I shared with you guys, in, in talking with God. I mean, I just really wanted to know if he knew what I was going to face in my life and that if we had talked about it in the preexistence, you know, if, if he gave me counsel that he knew 
and he was telling me, I'm giving you some strength. And anyway, there was a really good connection because I just knew that we had talked about it. But then, you know, Satan gets into my head sometimes and I keep thinking, did I really feel that? You know, and I have to keep reminding myself to go back to that connection. Um, It's just crucial. Oh, you're right, Connie. It is so crucial and that we remember those times and those those connections. And of course, Satan doesn't want us to, does he? But it's through those connections that we do truly come to understand who we are. So we have talked a lot today about how understanding our own individual worth and divine nature is important, even life-changing. Mm-hmm. Let's now spend a few minutes and talk about how we can help others catch a vision of who they truly are. Do any of you have any ideas or experiences with this? Um, actually, I I do. I, I have a dear gal in my ward who's in the hospital right now fighting thoughts of suicide. And I've been talking to her daily for um, two weeks from this facility. I'm not skilled in dealing with her struggles, but I can't just walk away from this because, you know, my insecurity of being afraid I, I won't say the right thing. Um, but I have to trust that God has enough trust in me that something I say is helping. Um, it was just yesterday, you guys, that is the first time in all of these talks that she said, Today, you've said some really good things. They've really helped me. Um, Because I had felt the need to share exactly the fact of what you were saying earlier, that God has has plans for us. He knows us. He's putting things into place. All of that. I mean, I exactly told her that I said, God knows who you are. He knows you're here. He knows you're struggling. He's putting people in place right now. And... um, I think that finally sunk in. Um, and I'm so glad that I continued when I wasn't even sure what to say. Yeah. You know, call after call, conversation after conversation. Yeah. And you trust that the Lord will continue to give power to your words like he did Enoch's. And hopefully through the power of the Spirit, those words will sink deep into her soul. Yeah. I hope so. Yep. Sometimes in this world, there's so much focus on social media that it can often lead us to compare ourselves with others, right? I think. Yeah. 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 Struggle with Well, that. and even social media, she, she checked her phone. Uh-huh. Um, she, she doesn't have her phone with her, but they let her check it. And she said, I only had two texts messages and I've been gone. People, I've disappeared for 12 days oh, and oh. I didn't get any messages. Oh. So I had to really back up and say, now, look, there are people who know you're in here and, can't, and you don't have your phone. Right. So, you know, stop that right now. And you yeah. know, we've got a tower of angels praying for you. So, and then we just talked through that and that's kind of how that led oh, into that next part. Oh, so, good. yeah. Good. Because yeah, that comparing often leaves us feel like we're lacking. Oh yeah. And you know, it's hard for people to really understand that we've come to earth with unique gifts and talents and that we each have a special mission to perform. And I assume your young friend is, is feeling that, right? Yeah. Questioning yeah, she's those questioning. kinds of things. Yeah. You know, I only wish that we could get all of our children and those that we're working with to understand how right. important they are. I know I have kids that are struggling with that too. Yeah. And oh, I wish I could help them to see what I see. I, I love how Sherry Dew put it in her talk called You Were Born to Lead, 
You were born for glory. She said, being saved to come to earth in these latter days is akin to being chosen to run the last leg of a relay, where the coach always positions his strongest runner. You were recommended to help run the last leg of the relay that began with Adam and Eve because your premortal spiritual valor indicated you would have the courage and the determination to face the world at its worst to do combat with the evil one during his heyday, and in spite of it all, to be fearless in building the kingdom of God. You simply must understand this, because you were born to stand out, to lead by virtue of who you are, the covenants you have made, and the fact that you are here now in the 11th hour. Wow, that's really powerful. The simple fact is that our father did not recommend Eve or Moses or Nephi or countless other magnificent exemplars for this dispensation. Mm-hmm. He yeah. re- recommended you and me. Do you think God would have left the last days to chance by sending men and women he couldn't count on? Mm. A common thing of patriarchal blessings given to men and women your age is that you were sent now because you're, because our father's most trustworthy children would be needed in the final decisive battle for righteousness. That is who you are, and it is who you have always been. Yeah, I feel like that's another reason why it's important to learn how to hear the voice of the Spirit like our prophet has been pleading with us to do. Yeah, yeah. Because don't you think it's the Spirit? It's through the Spirit that our true identity is revealed, yeah. you know, which isn't just about who we are now, and what gifts we've come with or how we need to improve, but it's it's knowing who we've always been and not being able to hear or recognize the Spirit is, is also the reason, I think, why others often reject that truth when we try to offer it to them. Right. So, well, and you think you talk about cell phones. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. if that's not Satan's plan to keep us so busy and, and distracted distract. that oh, you gosh. can't hear that Spirit because... Mm-hmm. That spirit's vital. Mm-hmm. Sister Craig went on to say, understanding how God sees us prepares the way to help us see others as he does. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Columnist David Brooks said, many of our society's great problems flow from people not feeling seen and known. There is a core trait that we all have to get better at, and that is the trait of seeing each other deeply and being deeply seen. So I mm-hmm. ask, you know, what, what does that phrase mean to you, to see others deeply? You know, I kind of think it means, well, we're running a race, right? So link arms with others. See that they're along this race with us mm-hmm. at this time. They're on the earth right now. If we can see them just as great and noble as, you know, God sees them, um, we're going to continue to do all that we can to be invested in them. Um, you know, consent, continue that concern and that, you know, just if we are interacting them with them to follow up. Um, I, I know like, for instance, you know, just somebody you're having a conversation with and they, they just mention 
something, you know, like I'm, I'm going in for a job tomorrow, you know, and then just later ask them, Hey, how did that interview go? Or, you know, Sherry, mm-hmm. uh, I've been thinking a lot about you. How are you handling the remodeling mess in your house, Sherry? <laughs> how did your husband's doctor's appointment go? I had a girlfriend call me yesterday and she, we haven't connected for a long time. We talked for like 45 minutes and she happened to mention that she's going in for a, a colonoscopy on Thursday. So it is on my notes to make sure and follow up and just check and see, Hey, how'd your test results come? Did you hear yet? Mm -hmm. And I just think, you know, we can make a difference by listening and noticing and making note Mm -hmm. so that within our circle of influence, we can be an influence of love and care. Yep. Right. And that's a good way to use your cell phone, right? Right. Ah, (laughs) Yes. Find positive, good. (laughs) good ways. Yes. Well, you know, for me, seeing others deeply is I have, I'm learning to just keep the door to love always open. Yeah. Um, and whether that be for my own children that live a different way from the way I, we taught them or for friends that have a different lifestyle than me, I just want to love deeply and see people deeply as Sister Craig talked about. If we can be examples of the believers and love others and be on the Lord's errand, then others may someday come to feel the Savior's love through us. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Sister Craig tells the story of being in the line at the supermarket. She had earlier asked the Lord what she needed to do or stop doing, and she had the impression to put away her phone while she stood in lines. So one day she was at the grocery store and she got her phone out as usual and started to scroll down and she remembered her impression. And so she put it away and said that there was an elderly gentleman in front of her with a shopping cart that had only a few cans of cat food in it. She struck up a conversation with him and he told her that a storm was coming and didn't want to be stuck without any cat food. He then turned to her and said, I haven't told anybody this, but today is my birthday. She said her heart just melted, and she then wished him a happy birthday, and then walked out of that store with a grateful heart that she had not been on her phone and missed an opportunity to truly see and connect with another person who needed it. I love that story. You know, one just makes me think about this one day. I was running errands, and I had several places to go, so I mapped out my route because I don't like to waste time. (laughs) But somehow I got turned around, and I forgot to go to the scrub store to get my uniform. And I really just thought about going home and going another day. I was tired, but I, I just forced myself to go out of my way and go to that store. And just as I walked in there, there was a woman and the store clerk standing there looking at each other. <laughs> and they were the only ones in the store. And this woman, I realized, could only speak Spanish. And the store clerk couldn't understand anything she was saying. Um, I speak a little Spanish. And, and I was able to help that woman get what she needed from the store clerk. Oh, and yeah. my scrubs weren't even in yet. <laughs> oh, wow. But I left that store... And I had a profound knowledge that Heavenly Father knew his daughter was in need, and he sent me in there right at that time to help her. And I could feel his love for that woman so deeply, and I was just grateful for that little tiny experience that reminded me that God knows and loves his children. Mm -hmm. That is 
That's awesome so story. And the fact that you forgot to go and had to I turn around. Turn I mean, so even yeah. the timing I uh, know was you perfect. Mm-hmm, I know. Being there was orchestrated. <laughs> no. <laughs> cool. I read an Instagram thread quoting um, a rabbi named Jonathan Sachs, and he said, can I recognize God's image in someone who is not in my image, whose language, faith, ideals are different than mine? If I cannot, then I have made God in my image instead of allowing him to remake me in his image. I like that. That, that reminds me of an interesting experience that I had last week when I was in the, the airport. I had walked in to use the bathroom before the flight, and someone was in the stall next to me standing up and kind of knocking around. And so I just kind of assumed, oh, they must be changing their clothes. And we happened to walk out of the stall at the exact same time. This individual immediately turned away from me and walked out. And so I never saw their face. Um, just in that split second, really the only thing I noticed with it was that they had a pair of, um, of pants in their hands and a purse. And the thing that caught me by surprise was the strong impression about that person that came to me as I was washing my hands. I somehow knew that it was a man and not a woman who had just left the girls' bathroom and that they'd just spent some time with loved ones who were not aware of, you know, their current inner conflict. I felt that he'd enter the bathroom to change into female clothing so he could go back to the life he'd created for himself where he felt more comfortable. After I left the bathroom and joined my brother and sister, I went out and I looked around to see um, where this individual had gone to see if I could verify that impression that yeah. had come into my mind. Um, but I found, I, I could see them, but they were a few gates away had kind of um, gone to the back corner of the airport, far too, too far away for me to come to any conclusions. Um, and so after I got seated on the plane, I surprised to look up and to see her sitting two rows ahead of me and a little bit over to the side. And, and sure enough, at this time, I was close enough to see that she did have facial hair and that, um, well... She shaved, but yeah, and and that her long hair was a wig under her hat, and um, it was it was just interesting to to know that what I had felt or in that yeah in that moment split, yeah. in that split second. Well, anyway, we we get off the plane, and so several of us were waiting outside for our luggage, right, our carry-on yeah, luggage right. that had been put underneath, and she was breathing really heavy, and I I was kind of worried that maybe she was hyperventilating. I just yeah. had the impression to to walk up and talk to her, and so I did. And you know, I don't know that anything I said had any real impact on her. Maybe. Maybe, maybe it was just enough that she felt seen and acknowledged and that somebody was showing concern for her. They took the time to come up and mention and talk to her and say, how are you, you know, or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, I just said, are you okay, you know? Yeah. Anyway, some, um, the one thing I learned that day is definitely that the Lord can truly help us see someone more deeply to see beyond what's there on the surface. I love that. And, you know, just being aware that the Lord gave you that opportunity. I mean, why would he give you that, mm-hmm. that thought? Why would the spirit speak to you about who they were if they didn't expect that you were going to 
reach out to that individual right. and know that they did. Because I, I, as you said that, I think about the, all those stories of people who said, yeah, I was on my way to commit suicide and then somebody smiled at me. You know, we, we just don't know. We right. just don't know. I they love want to that. be seen. Yes, and, and I love that we yeah. can be on the Lord's errand to do those things. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. You know, as a young mom, just just thinking about that question, um, as a young mom, I heard a talk in conference from President Hinckley, and he said something to the effect of, let your kids play with the neighbor kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you and guys I'm glad you that? did. I was your and neighbor. Okay. Well, My kids loved to play with I wasn't worried about yours. your kids. <laughs> <laughs> this was after we were neighbors. Okay. Because I was, I actually had been struggling with that. And, and I'm not suggesting that, that how to parent your kids. <laughs> but at the time, I just needed to hear that because I was really that mom that didn't let my kids play with certain kids in our neighborhood because we had moved away from Sherry at that time. <laughs> but so my ears were all perked up. And, and he also said something else that has stuck with me all these years. And I don't even remember if it was actually in the same talk or not. But he said, if your kids eat all the food in your refrigerator, no, no. If your kids' friends eat all the food in your refrigerator, go get more food. Ah. <laughs> and for some reason, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, obviously, those are not direct quotes. <laughs> so if that was only what the Spirit said to me, I'm sorry. <laughs> but for some reason, those things stuck with me and helped me to see my children's friends as Heavenly Father's children, not threats to my kids' well-being. Ah. And that was obviously something the Lord needed to teach me then. Um, because we all worry about who our kids hang out with and sometimes for good reason. But at that time I learned to basically take in strays Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we have taken in quite a few and some have lived with us and others were just there a whole lot. And I have loved them like they were my own children and I make them come to scripture study with us and family time and they've all prayed with us and Um, not one of those children have ever taken the missionary discussions. Not one of them to this day have joined our church, but, um, I just got a letter from one of my boys that's now in the military. And he said that he was so grateful (laughs) that he learned from us to be closer to God. And I've others, I've had others say how grateful they were to know that I loved them. And, the, you know, they didn't, had never felt that in their lives, some of them. Yeah. And some have said that living with us saved their life. Now, I don't know what God's plan is for them, but I know they are his, his children. And I'm just grateful that he taught me at that time to love without boundaries and to see them a little more deeply. I know Marlene shared in a, in a podcast earlier, you had a very, very, very similar experience with your own family and a family friend that came in with you too. Right, right. That's been a good experience for our family, for all of us. And Jerry, that reminds me of this thought that Sister Craig shared. As And she said, As with all gifts, the Father so willingly offers, seeing deeply requires us to ask Him and then act. Ask to see others as He does. As his true sons and daughters with infinite and divine potential, then act by loving, serving, and affirming their worth and potential as prompted. As this becomes the pattern of our lives, we will find ourselves becoming true followers of Jesus Christ. Others will be able to trust our hearts with theirs, and in this pattern, 
we will also discover our own true identity mm-hmm. and purpose. Yeah. I like that that that, com- that concept of asking and then acting. Mm-hmm. I I have a sweet friend Monica who is a true follower of Jesus Christ and and is very good at seeing others more deeply. And um, she asked Father how she can serve and then acts on those promptings she received. And as you know, I recently lost my mother, and I have another dear friend who suddenly lost her father a few weeks earlier. Anyway, our friend Monica wanted to reach out and offer, you know, love and support to her friends and was unsure about what to do. And so she told me that she just prayed about it and then followed through with those thoughts that came to her mind. Um, As a matter of fact, the last time that we, 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 we recorded a podcast, I went home afterwards and and found that Monica had been there to my house with her family and my husband um, Craig said their timing was perfect because he was in the middle of a project that really required two hands and so Mark (laughs) was able to help him with that and she sent the boys out back to rake up leaves that had been you know piling up and Monica went in and did some house cleaning for me you know such a a sweet blessing I don't think that she has any idea how much that meant to me Um, but I feel that I also ought to mention when we were discussing this the other day she went with me to help pick out some tile and things for that remodeling that Connie (laughs) just mentioned it was because a bathroom filled and anyway water came (laughs) through the ceiling into the lower level and you know it's one of those (laughs) those types of projects (laughs) and major demolition and I was asking her about it, and she said, you know, but I have to admit that the whole time she had to fight the adversary and and his voice in her head that was saying things like you were mentioning, Connie, you know, you don't know that they will want this done, or <laughs> I know. maybe they want to be left alone right now or only want to be with family. You know, you're only oh, going right. to intrude. She said she had to push those kinds of thoughts ahead or thoughts away and go forward with the the thoughts and ideas that came to her from the father um and connie after we returned from my trip it was so awesome to come home and have that incredible dinner that you made for me uh-huh. and and as craig said it was the most delicious french dip sandwiches he had ever <laughs> oh. had <laughs> I love it. it was it was so <laughs> yummy but so nice to come home when you have extra laundry and everything from being gone to have that dinner ready and prepared and made but I imagine you probably had some thoughts Connie go through your head because I know cooking is not your favorite thing to do and you're not you know always confident in that area but I want you to know it was amazing oh thank you so appreciate it so much yeah I did fight those voices the whole time This isn't going to be good enough. Do I have enough food? Is this, you know, and I got all the way home and forgot the green salad. I mean, you know, it's just the whole time. Oh, I totally don't even want that. Anyway, yeah. Yes, we did. Because I do have insecurities of cooking. But it's such a huge relief to know that it was good. Phew. (laughs) I'm so glad I can help you. So in closing, I want to witness that Jesus Christ loves us and can give us eyes to see. Even when it's hard. Even when we're tired. Even when we're lonely. And even when the outcomes are not as we hoped, through His grace, He will bless us and increase our capacity. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, Christ will enable us to see ourselves and see others as He does. With His help, we can discern what is most needful. We can begin to see the hand of the Lord working in in and through the ordinary details of our lives. We will see deeply. 
And until next time, we hope that you will stay under his wings. <laughs>